With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN. The Sports Betting Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Stormy Bonantoni here alongside JVT. Jonathan Von Tobel in for Michael Lombardi on his off day today. And great to see you in person. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has been. Hi. I guess I wasn't. Was I here last week? I don't remember. Everything well, melts together. <laughs> not with me, at least. Oh, that's a good point. Yes, I was. I was with the refined palate of Ben Wilson. So. Oh, wow. Yes. What a guy. Did you see this thing that they tweeted out the other day? The Masters like menu? meals. What is that? Yes. Caviar and shaved eggs. His and... was, I loved Jeff Parle's yes. menu. His was Well, because it was for humans. I don't know what Ben Wilson's was. That He's was a very, very bougie, I feel very like. Very affluent ben, menu. We're yeah. calling you Ben Bougie. What would your primary dish be if you had a Masters? Probably be steak of some sort. I'm a steak person. Well, that's why I liked Jeff's, the tomahawk. Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. Can't go wrong. I don't know what caviar and shaved egg is. And do you, like, I don't know how you <laughs> shave egg either. That's the other thing. Is it with a mandolin? I don't know. Uh, we will get into a little master's talk. Um, of course, teeing off tomorrow from Augusta. We'll have our very own Matt Brown join the program a little bit later to get into that. Um, also, plenty of NBA with JVT here. Obviously, our NBA expert here at VEASAN and while for the college basketball season brackets everywhere up in flames um, in the NBA things are really heating up now especially when it comes to the Western Conference awards markets before we get to the MVP specifically JVT how in the world did the 76ers not cover in that win against the Celtics yesterday they're up seven points with 9.1 seconds to go that line went from they were favored by one up to four, and they don't get it done. Yeah, and part of the reason why it didn't it move that way is because Jalen Brown, I think, ended up not playing right. So that was the reason why it swung that way. Um, but look, I think for Philly, and these teams don't care about covering, that was more about kind of getting the monkey off their back. They were 0-3 straight up and against the spread, and they're still 0-4 against the spread, against Boston this season. But I think this for them was more about grabbing a win by any means necessary against the Celtics, a team that has kind of had their number this year. And uh, to your point, too, I mean, I think there was maybe a point near the end there where they not were starting to get skittish. But if you remember the third game that they played, 
That was a 76ers game in which they led a vast majority of the contest against Boston and completely fell apart in the third quarter. It was back in February and ultimately fell to 0-3. So I think a lot of what happened yesterday was more about like, dude, we just got to beat these guys once, right? <laughs> like, let's just get this done. We cannot have this happen again. And it didn't seem like it was going to happen, but I think they kind of let it off because they were like, all right, we're good. Like, let's just get this thing and get out of here. And yeah, it's tough. When you when you give up a three, what was I think Derek White at the end that hit a three to kind of get him in the number? That's tough. A 103-101 final, 76ers win, and Joel Embiid scored more than half of the points for the Sixers, drops 52-20-25 from the floor, had 13 boards, two blocks, also added six assists, including the assist on the ultimately game-winning shot. And uh, Doc Rivers last night made his opinion clear on the MVP race. The MVP race is over. I'm really, like tonight, we had, we couldn't make shots. We had guys making shots, uh, would open shots. The man just scored half our points in the NBA game. Um, And I'm biased, but the MVP race is over. Okay, so Doc says it twice. It's over. The odds certainly indicate that he will win a $6 favorite. Now I've seen as high as minus 750. You see Jokic at 7-1 on MGM, Giannis at 8-1. Do you agree (laughs) that it's over? Uh, I was just really quick, just did a quick search. It took me like five seconds to five uh, to find February 2nd, a Clippers Bucks game, 106, 105. Giannis had 54 points. So it's, he scored 50% of their points too. I, I, look, I don't know if it's over. I would say this, Joel Embiid and clearly now the 76ers are openly campaigning for him to win this award. And we had an example last year where when Robert Williams went down, Marcus Smart started campaigning like he was on the presidential trail for defensive player of the year. And by the way, the media acquiesced. I don't know if you remember, but like Tim Bontemps wrote a piece about a perimeter, like a guard winning defensive player of the year. There were a couple of other think pieces out there that kind of spun that along. And that really shaped the market and ultimately the winner for defensive player of the year. And now you have this instance where Stormy, you have multiple media members, and some of them don't have votes, but giving voice to the thought of the hairs are so fine that you're splitting in this MVP race, the tiebreaker is ultimately the guy who doesn't have it deserves to get it. And that's Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic has two, Giannis right. has two, and there's been multiple media members that have said that. So and Embiid has been the runner-up twice. Right, so, so it does seem like it is heading in that direction. I would vehemently disagree with if you're voting for MVP, it should not just be like, this guy doesn't have one, let me give it to him. But it seems like it's heading in that direction. And, I mean, it did coincidentally come on a day when Jokic did not play well and Houston yes. got steamrolled when they could have sealed a, when they could have sealed a number one seed in the West. And so they lose by 21 points last night. He's, of course, missed three games in a row with the calf as well prior to that. And so it's, it's kind of one of those comparisons on the day as yep. well where you see Embiid have this masterful performance and then Jokic obviously does not. Um, in terms of the numbers, like, do you think that, let's say, because we talk about the splitting hairs, let's mm. say none of them had ever won one before. Do you still think Embiid wins or who wins? No, I, I think you're probably looking at Nikola Jokic, right? I, 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 the problem is, you said it best, which is, Nikola Jokic is missing time down the stretch where a lot of voters, I think, are a little bit more easily swayed with what has happened. And they just got the email. I saw um, uh, Windhorse said that, like, they just got the email yesterday or last night that was saying, okay, get your ballots in. So it's very top of mind. And, like, Femi, uh, one of our uh, co-workers here, uh, Femi Bebefe, sent me a tweet yesterday that uh, because everybody gets kind of votes in there, I think it was a Brazilian writer who got his, and, like, they're already voting. Like, they're already sending it in. 
And so, like, I would argue that you should wait until the very last day to send it in because all of these games really matter. But your overall point, what is happening recently is is going to affect the thinking for this award. Getting those ballots now and seeing what's transpiring. It's very hard, I think, to, especially in a race like this where it seems so tight, to kind of go back and look at the full picture for some of these guys. So I think at the end of the day, the price, you could argue probability-wise, is probably a little too high for Joel Embiid. Because I would also stress for anybody who remembers, right, this straw poll, remember that there's two things. One, Jokic got more first-place votes in that thing. Two, those are not all the voters for MVP. Those were not 100% of the guys who were gonna, or gals who were going to get ballots. There are some people who have MVP votes and ballots that did not participate in the straw poll. And if you get one person, just one, if 99 of the 100 people vote exactly the same, but one person flips, let's see, MB to third and Giannis to second, Nikola Jokic is your winner. So I would just stress that this race, I think, is still pretty close. I get the market freaks out because of how tight it seems right now and because Jokic is missing time. But I would say from a probability standpoint, like Jokic at 7-1, to one, if you don't have anything at all, would be worth a small flyer because I do think the probability of Embiid winning is not as high as the market says it is. In terms of a market in for awards that is bettable seemingly right now, Defensive Player of the Year, um, another situation where Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brooke Lopez, their numbers are very yep. short and close, and then it obviously falls off a hip, uh, cliff after that. Who wins between those two? So, I, and I, by the way, I would say really quickly, I think there's two awards markets that are bettable right now. Uh, but with this one, I would just say like the the razor between these two is also extremely thin and thin. And that Lopez, I, like I think this should pre- pretty much be a pick right now. And I think what's going to be interesting about this story is Zach Lowe just recently had I think it was his, it was Kirk Goldsberry on his podcast, and Zach Lowe, who is we know a voter gave voice to something that kept Jaron Jackson Jr. from winning this award last year, and I will never forget because I had him at 301 to win it last year, um, which was people held against him, Stormy, the fact that he didn't play that many minutes and that he had a foul problem. Well, those aren't going away. He's still averaging about 26 minutes per game. He's still averaging 3.6 fouls per game. As a defensive player, and especially a defensive player of the year, fouling opponents at a high rate puts your team behind the eight ball because it puts you in foul trouble. So you can't play the minutes that you should. It puts opponents at the free throw line. Like his, his defensive metrics are otherworldly. They're great. He blocks shots at a high rate, all of those things, but not being on the floor as consistently as a Brooke Lopez type should count against you. And what's interesting is this is not my campaign that Jaron Jackson shouldn't win it. I just want to point out that this was the reason why many did not want to vote him for defensive player of the year last year. And those issues are still there. So that's why I would think when you're looking at this for Brooke Lopez, and this is what I think makes this race so fascinating, because you could also look at Brooke Lopez and go, yeah, he plays with the best two-way player in the NBA and the best perimeter guard in the NBA defensively in Drew Holiday. So how this sorts out is going to be interesting. It does seem that it's only a two-horse race, but again, I think this is like neck and neck. This would probably just be pick and how it's going to go. What is the other awards market you feel like there is a bet to be made in? Oh, most approved player. Okay. Because I, I think when you're looking at it, and I actually I got to double check to see where it's at. I haven't checked it for like a day or two. Lori Markinen, three dollars. Shea, yep. Shea Gilgis Alexander plus two twenty. And that's still coming down and coming down and coming down. And we'll go back to the straw poll really quickly. And I'll ask you if one of those two players, one of those two players, got twenty seven points for MVP in the straw poll. Do you think that that guy should probably be favored or maybe close to being favored? Right. Probably. Yes. He's the two dollar and twenty cent underdog, and that's mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis Alexander. So like I just. When you're looking at it, Lyra Markin's narrative is great. 
But when you're talking about Shea Gilders Alexander, and again, the straw poll just gives us an idea of where the NBA minds are at. Well, and the right? straw poll typically moves markets too, so that is surprising. For MVP though, right? So people are just looking at it for MVP. They're not really putting two and two together Interesting. when it okay. comes to other things. And so that's what immediately stuck out about the straw poll was the closeness of that. But then you just see Shea Gilders Alexander right there, and you're like, huh. And that guy's about plus, at that point, he was plus 350 to win the award, and he's still about plus 220. I Again, I'll go back to this. I, I think, and this is really strong considering Larry Markin is minus 300, and sometimes awards are wrong. We should get this proper. Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the year that he won MVP, James Harden was minus 500 to win at one point that year. Um, Julius Randle, the year that he won most improved player. Jeremy Grant was minus 550 to win it at one point that year. So these awards markets really don't have a strong read on who's going to win. Shea Gellers Alexander is extremely live to win this award, and the market is continuing to creep. Two, plus two to one, plus 150. As long as that's out there, I think that's worth betting. Really good insight on the awards markets. When's the next pod coming out for Hardwood? Uh, today, I have to today. run home after we're done and uh, and record with Kelly Bidlin. Well, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you do. That's great. An episode is dropping today. JVT also has his NBA best bets for today. That article up at vcin.com. And we'll go through that slate a little bit later on in the show. We'll also get to um, the race in the West because seating, a lot still to be yep. determined. Lakers Clippers is going to be critical in that one coming up later today. Day and Lakers on the back half of a back-to-back. Anthony Davis has not played a back-to-back all season long, so will he ultimately tonight? It's a very important one. Um, we also have Major League Baseball, a game that is about to, we'll see first pitch in about 20 yeah. minutes, so we'll get a preview of that and a whole lot more when we come back here on the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, 
and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older or physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. First pitch in Cubs Reds is coming up in about 15 minutes. Marcus, oh, no, no. What? Rain delay. Sad what? day. It's probably what? still going to go, but it's a small rain delay. I don't think it'll be that long because it wasn't supposed to rain. It, I should say, it wasn't a high probability of rain today. So, Well, interesting. Does that change your opinion on the game at all? Uh, not like entirely. I think you, the, the thing was, the big one today was a couple of things, right? But for the weather, at least, it was supposed to be windy. Wind of about 21 miles an hour, kind of blowing in. So at, when you're looking at that, like that's going to be something that would affect a, a game like this for the most part. Um, I, what I'm really interested in is just the pitching matchup. Marcus Stroman in his first start of the year was was solid, was really good. He went six innings. In terms of the strikeouts, uh, he was uh, pretty solid in terms of getting guys to swing and miss. The walks were a little up, so you don't know if that's going to continue to bother him as you kind of move forward, but it wasn't anything like shocking to the point where you think he's going to get absolutely blasted this time around. And despite the fact that the shift rules uh, are in place, you know, the Cubs, or at least with Stroman, um, as a ground ball guy, didn't seem to be affected by it a whole ton. So it's just really interesting in a second start how these guys are going to look. The same thing with Hunter Green, who kind of got rocked last time out. So I'm just interested in watching this for fantasy reasons. I've got Marcus Stroman. On That's the, what I was going to say. I was like, you do have some fantasy investments yeah, in this matchup. I was also going to say my team name, but it's somewhat inappropriate, so I won't say it out loud. Save it for the VEASAN Plus Plus subscribers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but after, other than that, that's all I'm really interested in. There's some other players on here um, for Cincinnati. One of the younger dudes that they have, TJ Friedel, has been off to a pretty good start. He's batting second for Cincy. So this is more of a watch-and-see type of deal. But we have seen, I think, uh, right now, the opener for this one, uh, we're sitting still around like a pick, like minus 115 in favor of Stroman and the Cubs, and it's kind of understandable. Yes. Um, final game of three-game set, the Cubs beat the Reds 7-5, and the Reds did one game 1-7-6, I believe, the first time out. So um, we'll see how things play out later on today. Hopefully the delay is not too long. Um, Chargers running back Austin Eckler has now come out and said that it's a worst-case scenario for him to stay in L.A. He, of course, request, requested a trade yeah. not too long ago. He's been very vocal about how the value in his contract is not what it should be, and he's not wrong. He's due six and a quarter million this year when you see guys like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, who are average annual value of over $15 million a year. Um, but he was on a show recently where he had even more to say. Um, so just take a listen here, and we'll re react on the back end kind of got punched in the face when the Chargers basically said, hey, we don't want to, we don't want to talk about extensions anymore. Um, and, you know, this is the organization that I've continued to rise and hit new heights in and continue to add more value, right, score the most touchdowns, you know, from scrimmage, you know, in the past two years. And, um, you know, so that, that's how I felt, right? It felt like, wow, like this is like the first time in my career with them that I felt like kind of like, you know, disrespected by my own organization. Um, and it sucks. Like, I want, to be, I want to be a Charger, right? I want to be a Charger. I want to be there. And it sucks because, like, okay, let's get something done. But yes, I do have one more year in my contract, absolutely. But, you know, for them to want to allow me to go and be a free agent next year after playing, and, you know, maybe we can get something done throughout the year. Who knows how it's going to play out. So it sounds like he's kind of resigned to the fact that he's probably going to have to be there uh, again, one more year. I mean, the market for running backs isn't really there right now. Right. And that's the tough part. It's running backs. He's 27. By the end of the season, and actually, I think his birthday's coming up, May 17th, so he's going to be 28 
So yeah. like that's when I'd be curious to hear what Michael thinks about this. Third contracts um, haven't gone historically well. Right. Like and and look, he's a little different because he's not like a traditional between the tackles runner. And so maybe there's a little bit more longevity there in terms of his body. But like this is the part that sucks. You kind of see this when it comes to running backs. When you reach this portion of their career, teams tend to balk at wanting to pay you. And like just look, Stormy, the thing that's not really working in his favor as well. I mean, look what the Kansas City Chiefs just did with their running back room on their way to a Super Bowl. Like it's not like that was a bunch of dudes who were getting $10 million a year in that back, like in that uh, backfield, it was a bunch of late round picks that were helping them out in terms of getting that production. So I think that's what kind of works against you when you're talking about the position itself and the way teams want to handle this as as good as Austin Eckler is, because this is not a slight against him. You said it like this is kind of how it goes with running backs now at this point, which makes me feel bad for him because he has been so good and he is so important to what mm-hmm. the chargers do on offense. And he's a guy that has stayed I would say relatively healthy for the most part. Um, he's had his ups and downs, but 3,195 total yards from scrimmage the past two seasons, including 900 plus rushing yards in each of those years. Like he's doing what they mm-hmm. need him to do and they're going to need him if they want to make another playoff push and actually win playoff games. It's a business though, right? Yeah. And the, the bottom line is sometimes more important. And again, to like, again, Austin Eckler is really good. This is not to undersell Austin Eckler, but when you can kind of look around and go, you know what? Like, if Austin Eckler's not going to play for us this year or next year, whatever it is, let's just go try to find some guys in the NFL draft. Let's try to find dudes who are going to be able to, on the late rounds too, um, help us out in that regard. Because I think too, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he was a he was a uh, undrafted free agent coming out of his year. I think that sounds right. Right. Yeah. So like I, I think like that's he's kind of a tale of how this kind of works at the position. He deserves to get paid. But at the same time, it's really unfortunate for running backs because teams will use you. They'll give you a little bit of money. And, and then he once even you got reach a at a point, discount the last time around, too, because he just wanted a contract. Yep. So just one of those things. Um, other news in the NFL coming through over the last 24 hours. The Athletics' Zach Rosenblatt um, says he believes the Jets are likely going to be stuck with Zach Wilson as their backup quarterback this Coming year, of course, the expectation Aaron Rodgers is going to... They're going to get the deal done with Green Bay. Are they? And he's going to be there starting... Okay, well, maybe start there. Are they? I don't know. I mean, we're just still sitting here. <laughs> like, this is the thing, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. But either way, it does sound like it's going to be Zach Wilson as the backup quarterback, which, I mean, I guess They're it's... largely stinks. expected. I didn't really think Right. I mean, you spent a high there. pick on him, all that kind of stuff. And also, Aaron Rodgers, to give him some credit in terms of being a quarterback... He's generally not a guy that's going to miss a ton of games when it comes to the actual season itself, right? So you would think that this is going to be something that will work out in your favor. If you look at the last, what are we talking about now here? We'll go to four seasons. He's played 16, at least 16 in the last four years. And what, we just moved to 17 in 2021, Mm -hmm. whatever it was? Was it last year, year, actually? Yeah. So yeah. So he's played in every game since 2018. And if you go back to 2014, it's been every year but one in which he's played in every single game. So he's your backup quarterback, but... I don't think you're in a tough position, really. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was, like, his idol growing up, too, so probably good. Somebody he might actually listen to when it comes to trying to learn the position. I don't know. The one thing I thought was funny. a bad thing, actually, if you really think about it. Uh, well, I mean, if, <laughs> what, what did uh, Wilson say? What was the quote that went viral that he was going to make whatever veteran quarterback came in, make his life a living hell? He going to make his life a living hell, Maybe it's not from a football maybe, standpoint. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, I was laughing because, uh, like, Mike Greenberg, you don't see him get like super riled up and upset about things often. But did you see Mike Tannenbaum yesterday saying that the Jets with the number 13 pick should take Hayden, uh, Hendon Hooker and made him <laughs> greeny freaked out, called it on national television, the worst opinion that he had ever heard come through on the show. <laughs> Sometimes in our business, you're just trying to drum up a reaction that uh, I saw uh. that, that, um, 
Let's just say I would disagree with that. I'm not a former NFL GM, but uh, I would disagree with that. And okay, tell me if you would agree with this. Zach Wilson, better backup quarterback than Brian Hoyer and that situation with the Raiders because mm. Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a very injury-prone quarterback, now the the starting quarterback there, and that's your backup? Well, here's the thing. So I'm glad you brought that up, actually. I thought, I don't know if you noticed any of the, the, the other report that came out yesterday. So Brian Hoyer gets signed to Las Vegas Raiders. The report that Pro Football Talk had, and I'm sure you guys talked about it, right, that Mac Jones was maybe being shopped around. Mike Florio snuck in an interesting little nugget in that Specifically about the Raiders. Right. Watch out for the Raiders. Right. And so when you kind of see everything, and we tie in Todd McShay in his most recent mock draft, if you noticed in his mock draft, I think he had them taking the corner out of Illinois, and he put in there that from what I understand, the Raiders aren't willing to spend a top pick on a quarterback unless it's one of the two guys who miraculously falls to number seven. So you kind of put pieces together. You go, huh, you know, I'm with you. Brian Hoyer's a backup quarterback really wouldn't be that great. But what if they're actually sniffing around Mac Jones? Mac Jones, who did great in, under Josh McDaniels his first rookie year. I, I, I think that there's a, maybe a little bit more to that. I'd be very interested to see if that's the case. I like. I don't think you can go to war with the quarterback room that you have if you're the Raiders. We'll put it that way. Yeah, he's lost, what is it, 12 his last 12 starts, he's lost them all, Brian Hoyer. Oh, is it really? Has, yeah. It's like he hasn't won a start since 2016 or something. It's like every time he's thrown in and had to start a game, it right. has been a guaranteed L. And like to your point, like Garoppolo's missed time, and, and you don't really have outside of, what, two years maybe with Jimmy Garoppolo, there's nothing on the roster that you can feel confident that it's going to propel you into the future if you're the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm -hmm. You'd assume it's a cheap price on Mac Jones. You're buying pretty low. I don't know. I, I, I was really interested by that little nugget. I, I thought there was a little bit more to that, given all the noise that we're kind of hearing around the Raiders. And also just um, for anybody that wasn't with us yesterday, Michael did say that maybe don't listen into the Florio side of the, the Bill Belichick and the Patriots shopping Mac Jones. It might be other people on the outside believing there's dissension in that relationship after seeing what they saw on the field and more so coming to them um, comes and exploring on the, uh, their options. Comes on the so. heels of some noise that the Patriots are interested in Lamar Jackson. Just saying. What is going to happen with Lamar, too? That's a whole different animal. We're going to step aside. When we come back, there is a full slate in the NBA coming up tonight. Oh. Impactful games as well. We'll get JVT's opinion on all of them. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Call your shot every Wednesday at BetMGM. Official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a $25 home run prop wager on any game, and you'll get a $10 bonus bet. Simply log into your account and opt in, or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to swing for the fences on MLB Call Your Shot Wednesdays. It's just one more reason why the king of sportsbook is the best place to bet on baseball. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to please play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. We are rolling along here live from Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino alongside Jonathan Von Tobel. I'm Stormy Tony, Stephanie Kamershack at the controls behind the glass. And... In the NBA, mm -hmm. there are about, I want to say, eight games coming up tonight, some more critical than others for various reasons. But I want to start in the Western Conference, JVT. Five teams 
Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, Pelicans, and Timberwolves Mm -hmm. are all vying for the number five and six seeds to avoid the play, and they're all within two games of each other with two or three games left to play here. The Lakers yesterday did at least seal a play-in spot, which I know was in doubt there for a hot minute. Now they're on the second half of a back-to-back and have to face a Clippers team who they have lost 10 straight games to. What do you think happens tonight? And first of all, who's going to be in the lineup tonight? Well, so I, I am. This is it's funny. Since the, this has kind of been the running joke with the the NBA circles and media and whatnot, like the last couple of days, which is when these two teams were formed, right? LeBron to Lakers and Kawhi to the Clippers. They've had like zero games that have had actually like some weight to them. So this is the most important game we're finally going to see. So everybody should be ready to go here. When it comes to this game, LeBron James, I know played yesterday, but he should be available here for a very important game. This essentially, I don't want to say locks it in, but this is pretty much for the right to stay out of the play in tonight. And it's a very, very important game. So you'd assume that everybody's going to be out there. The line has moved and it's it's really interesting. You got a sense of where the market is kind of at now with the, the Lakers. We should keep in mind that while this is a road game for the Lakers. This will be a pretty strong Lakers crowd. It's over there at the Crypt, and a lot of people are going to come out and support the Lakers because it's Is just their arena. Is that what they're calling it, the Crypt? That's what I kind of like to call I like it. That. Yeah, Crypto.com Arena, the Crypt. It's a good one, right? Mm-hmm. It's way better. Um, so, like, when you're looking at it from the home court perspective, I guess I kind of understood the overnight line here, Stormy. I don't know if you saw this. Some spots open this Lakers minus two. So it was a really strong indication that they thought that this is essentially a faux home game for the Lakers. We've since swung to four and a half. And this is going to be interesting because it's the market generally charges like a point for a team on the second leg of a back-to-back. They were in Utah, so to come back home, it's a little bit tough, right? Because you're playing in altitude, and now you have to play on no rest. And the Clippers have been playing like somewhat better basketball. They're starting to figure out their lineups. Russell Westbrook has been playing actually some of the best mm-hmm. basketball he's played in years. Kawhi Leonard in a loss the other day. I think he scored like 40 against the Pelicans. So I think the, the Clippers deserve to be favored. Even They're without qu- Paul George, they've been fine. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, so like... I think they deserve to be favored. It's just the degree to which should they be favored. And so I think you can quibble with four and a half, maybe being a little too high. The the Lakers are an interesting case study because we saw that going into that game yesterday against the Utah Jazz, since the trade deadline, since inserting these new guys in the starting lineup, they had led the league in defensive efficiency. Mm -hmm. However, you go back to yesterday, and it kind of gets tested a little bit against Utah, a team that actually has some oomph on um, offense. And it's also worth noting that the Lakers, while they have ranked the top in the tops in terms of defensive efficiency, have also played the eighth easiest schedule since the trade deadline. So now you're kind of running into what could be their biggest test so far, which is a Clippers team with Kawhi Leonard playing some of his best basketball. So again, going back to this, if you're twisting my arm in terms of picking a side, four and a half does seem a little high for the Clippers here because I don't think there's a massive difference between these two. I thought this was just going to be three and a half and sit there. Mm-hmm. So if there's a side to be bet here, I think I'd go in that direction. And I also think the market is kind of getting this right and maybe looking at this over the total because we saw this open up overnight with a total of 230 and a half. We're upwards of now like 231 and a half, I think is the consensus number we'll call it. As I mentioned, Lakers, I think, are better defensively, but I don't think they're as good as their numbers would indicate, and the Clippers have had defensive issues since the start of January. Both teams are running a little bit more. I think this might take on a somewhat high-scoring affair, but the last thing I'll blow the eight on is this. This is a faux playoff game. Do we see a slowdown in tempo? Do we see this become a little bit more playoff atmosphere because there's so much on the line? And I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, and that's why I don't really have a bet here. I'm just interested to see how this goes because if that's the case and the tempo is a little bit more half-court oriented because this is such an important game, you could make a case for this going um, under the total. But for right now, I would lean very strongly toward taking four and a half, but I didn't really have a bet here. 
When it comes to, and like we mentioned it briefly, um, the expectation is that all these guys, despite it being the second half of back-to-back, are going to play. It's a very important game. Do their best here. When you look at the rest of the games, though, today and the injury reports, how does that make you feel as a better at this point in the day? Uh, It's it's, like impossible. It's ridiculous. So, like, actually, so they just, uh, the Celtics beat reporter just tweeted out the Celtics. Like, so you got a bunch of guys questionable. Jason Tatum's questionable. Marcus Smart is questionable. Al Horford is not going to play due to back stiffness. So, like, this is... This is the interesting part about this time of year. So if we focus on the Boston Celtics, because that was a team you and I were talking about off the air, the Celtics' magic number to clinch the two seed is one. So, But they have three games to do that. So you have a margin of error. And remember, the magic number also includes the team behind you. So let's say Philadelphia decides, like, hey, you know, we're not, we're not going to catch Boston. Let's just, like, rest guys, and we're going to lose. So it, it's, it's in your control. But at the same time, if the team behind you lose one more game, then you're going to be fine. So when you're looking at it from this perspective, like, you have no idea what this motivation is going to be. And you have a bunch of die guys who are dealing with stuff. Why not sit them for like maybe one of these games? So I, I think at this point right now, you're talking about kind of treading lightly, playing some half units, and especially Stormy when you're looking at today. So I have, by my count, I think we've got, of the games that we're talking about, eight teams, it might even be 10, are on the second leg of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get your injury report until a little bit later in the day. Today, out of all of these days, has a lot of noise. So we could talk about magic numbers and what teams need to do to clinch certain spots. But I think right now, there's just so much noise at this point of the day that you're going to kind of tread lightly outside of the games where you know guys are going to really care. And that would just be the game tonight between the Clippers and the Lakers. And I know that's why, too, you've said at this point in the season with so few games, so like many question marks with regard to motivation for teams. Um, Half-unit plays are kind of the way that you're approaching a lot of this. Yeah, and I'd also say, too, if you want to add to like a a tip on this, it it would just be that don't, don't also overvalue motivation. So I'll go back to last night, right? The New Orleans Pelicans are playing the Sacramento Kings. The Pelicans have a lot to play for because they're in that nexus of like that 7-8-9 range. They want to finish in 7-8 because they don't want to have to win two games to get in. The Kings still had something to play for because they had the two seed on the line, but the market completely freaked out because it was the Pelicans who were the more motivated team. They got up to like a four and a half point favorite where the only guy in the injury report for Sacramento was Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. That, that, that four and a half would tell you like, oh, the, the Pelicans are a better team on a neutral? That's not true. And so what happens yesterday? They lose 121 to 103. The Kings go out there and stomp them. And it's also because the Kings lost at home on Sunday and were plenty motivated to get that bad taste out of their mouth and go and clinch at least the three seeds. So I, I would very much stress do not overvalue motivation either. Because as we bring it back to like a Boston team in this magic in this matchup, right? Magic number for the two seed is just one. But remember, Toronto does not control its destiny when it comes to the eighth seed. But if they continue to win, they can put pressure on Atlanta and make it so that Atlanta cannot lose another game so they can find their way into the seven and eight. So, like, we're talking about, all right, it's all this complicated stuff. But at the same time, it's like, don't overvalue some of these teams' motivation. Because I always say this, just because you have to win doesn't mean you have to cover. Mm-hmm. And the market tends to really overvalue these teams that have something to play yeah. for. And just because you have to win doesn't mean you do in general right. as right. well. Right, that's the thing. Um. Well, you go back to like, you know what I'd like to compare it to? The last week of the NFL season. You know the last week of the NFL season where teams rest guys, right? And then the market freaks out. It's like, man, the Steelers need to get in. They should be 12 and a half point favorites today. It's like, well, maybe. Or maybe like they're in this position because they're not really that good and the market's just completely overfactoring in some of these teams that need to win. And then you get these instances like you do here today or the last couple of days. Last couple of minutes here. You're going to be on the bet stream coming up tonight for Kings Mavericks. Um, Dallas has lost seven of their last eight games. They're a six-point favorite against Sacramento tonight. So, And this is, again, this is one where this is fascinating because we got the report the other day 
that they were thinking about just, hey, you know what, we're done. We're going to rest Kyrie Irving. We're going to rest Luka Doncic. We don't want, because if they don't finish inside the top 10 in terms of their draft pick, it conveys to the New York Knicks. So if they get a top 10 pick, they get to keep it. So it would behoove them to try to keep that pick. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are both on the injury report today. I would just say that it would not be crazy in two, three hours from now if we get a report that they have both been downgraded to like questionable and or out because the Mavericks are just looking at the future because they too do not control their own destiny when it comes to getting into the play-in. And they were going to get eliminated last night had the Thunder pulled off that upset against Golden State. So I would just say keep this in mind. I put a small bet on under 242.5. Again, it was a small play because I was like, you know what, if they're going to rest these guys, this total is going to come crashing down. We have no idea what that's going to happen. So I put under 242.5 as a small play, just kind of wagering that maybe we don't see those two Didn't tonight. Lucas say while they were still mathematically in, he planned to play? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah. So, but... Doesn't teams got other issues. I mean, like that's the whole thing okay. about this wrestling, right? Where where people talk about like, hey, you know, players need to play in these games. A lot of the times it's team edicts that actually keeps these players from playing in some of these games. So well, we'll see what happens. The Luca and Kyrie experiment has not been successful to this point, especially in clutch moments. You look at some of the numbers there, it's bad. Yet the Mavs still plan to re-sign Kyrie. According to Chris Haynes, Irving is eligible for an extension. What will go to free agency instead. So keep that all in mind. We have a quick break, but when we come back, Masters conversation, VEASAN's own Matt Brown is going to help us break it all down. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Masters tees off tomorrow morning, and there is still time to get betting intel from our experts. Wes Reynolds profiles every golfer in the field. Plus, we've got futures bets and matchups in our Masters Guide, which is available right now at vcin.com. We also have best bets from Matt Humans and other vcin golf experts, including one and only Matt Brown. Sign up today and get full access to vcin through the Masters, the start of baseball season in the NFL draft for just $9.99. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. Speaking of, Matt Brown, lucky to welcome him into the 
the program right now, host of Long Shots, the premier golf betting podcast in the country. Also host the Handle Weekend, Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 3 Eastern. And Matt and I actually have a very friendly wager on the Masters as well in this week's edition of Bets and Consequences. You can find it at the VEASAN YouTube channel. Matt, where is your Masters hat? What is happening? Yeah. Well, I had to get, you know, the the hair now because the hair is going to get lopped off. It's it's one of it's a, it was a thing, you know. It's a weird deal. You pre-wash the hair to go get the hair cut and they wash it when you get there anyway. It's I don't know. You just, it, you know. Is that a guy thing you pre-wash your hair before you get your hair cut? I go into the salon with my hair as dirty as humanly possible. I've, well, yeah, but y'all pay like $400 for a haircut. Like that's uh, Yours like, are they cumulatively should... that much though as well. Once yeah, you like yeah. add them up every 2 weeks. I mean, I, I'll Probably. say I've I've never washed my hair before I went to go. In fact, I'm like guy that shows up in the baseball hat and is just like like can we do this matt you're too oh. bougie you're too look at okay well you know it's 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 one of those things i have i don't want to go in there and have them thinking like wow this guy doesn't take care of himself i, I, I will so. say i will say that there was a lady who used to cut my hair at a salon but she had the audacity to finish nursing school and become like a, i don't know a nurse or a doctor <laughs> or something hell. ridiculous yeah and you so. loved her though right it she was, was great it was, a, it was a horrible breakup i yep. know I, it's it's yeah i know it's a terrible Terrible thing. Yeah, hey, Stormy, do you still peel back the curtain a little bit on this show, on this new show, yeah, or do you, or you keep it? Okay, I, so we'll peel back the curtain just, just a little bit here. Stormy added my name into that read that she read at the top of the deal because I, I was actually, I'm not in that read. Like there, there is, it is, it is. I'm the and others is in that in that read right there. So that, so so well well done on uh, on adding me into that read. It's just I'm the and others. Well, yes. you're a very important yes. others. Seamless. You're my favorite my favorite others that there is, <laughs> Matt Brown. Uh, let's get talking a little bit about what we can expect in the mm. Masters. World number one, Scotty Scheffler coming in here, uh, co-favorite alongside Rory McIlroy, who fin- finished runner up. Um, and it seems like the two of them are getting all of the conversation, and not so much John Rahm, who has just been so dominant, specifically earlier um, in the PGA Tour season. He's been great. Why is that? Yeah, I, I don't really get it. I mean. If you look at the, at the odds, I think that if you look the way it's set up right now, and I'm looking at DraftKings, so we've even moved even heavier on Scotty Scheffler, sitting plus 650 right now, 7-1 to one earlier this morning. So uh, Rory moves to 750, and then John Rahm at 850. If I was John Rahm's camp, I would be like, can you believe that these people have you behind these other guys? Can you believe that they say that you are not as good as Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy? And, and listen, Scotty Scheffler's playing – the best golf on the planet. But uh, I mean, look, John Rahm is better than Rory McIlroy right now. And John Rahm's results are better than Rory McIlroy's results right now as well. And you can't like point to anything that really separates those two guys at all. I mean, of the big three, I think the betting value is on John Rahm, even though it is only a couple points better than, than Scotty Scheffler. If I had to bet one of the big three, I would still bet Rahm at 850 before I would bet one of the other guys. I mean, this was, we're, we're like six weeks removed from going, John Rahm broke golf. He broke <laughs> golf betting. He's going to win every tournament. This is ridiculous. And then how quickly we forget, you know, that this guy was just going out there and consistently putting himself into the top three every time he teed it up. So his game fits the core. I mean, it, he does everything well. I mean, he, he is a super polished, does everything well guy. So it is shocking to me that, that Rahm really is kind of getting glossed over this week. I like to think that in those conversations, they're like, they think you only have a 10% chance, actually 10.5% <laughs> chance of winning this thing. This is ridiculous. Uh, all right, so let's go. I wanted to go with Tiger initially because I don't, I don't want to focus so much on Tiger like in terms of him winning this thing, right, Matt? Because right. I think in a lot of spots, you're not getting the odds that you should 
should. But more, are you the perceived value of going against Tiger? Does that translate to the matchup markets where he's facing some of these other golfers? Because sharp guys tend to play matchups more than they do those outrights. And I would think that maybe there's not as much value going against Tiger in matchups as there is in terms of these uh, outrights. Yeah, so I am playing Tiger. Well, Tiger's going to have to do do something for me first before I can come in and right. play on Tiger, which is make the cut. And, yep. and if Tiger makes the cut, I'm going to be playing against him in round three and in round four because what we've seen is Tiger's put together a round or two really good. And then, look, his body starts to fail him. And it's, this is this is not like the craziest thing. He's up there in age. He almost had his leg lopped off. Like, everybody like doesn't even remember that it was like a real thing that they might have had to amputate his leg. And, uh, and, of course, the back issues start to play into effect, the hip stuff that's going on. I mean, it just the, acute, the cumulative effect throughout the course of the week. And now we look at this weather report where – when we get into Saturday, it's going to be in the 50s. It's going to be rainy. The course is going to be super soft, which is going to make it a little bit more tough to walk and all of these things that are going to be playing against Tiger Woods. And so, yes, I, I'm with you, JVT. Like the the outright, it, listen, if you want to have it just for fun, just so you can say you have an outright ticket on Tiger, I get it. It's fine. You want to root for him. If you actually think that's going to get home, I have another story for you. He's just, he's not going to win this tournament. His win equity is to is, is, is sub, you know, half a percent, you know I mean? It's just like, there's just no way Tiger's going to be able to hold up for four rounds on this really, really arduous golf course in these weather conditions against this deep, deep field that he's going up against this week. So I'm actually looking to play against Tiger. Should he make it to the weekend? Mm -hmm. Because I think there'll be at least a little bit of a positive sentiment if he does make the cut and we probably will get at least more fair prices to uh, kind of play against him there in round three and four. And I do think him to make the cut like is a decent bet. I don't know if you want to lay the minus 165, but somebody who uh, is a five-time champion, very familiar with the course, and we know has the best cut percentage of any golfer in the history of the tournament at this point. So um, I like him to to make the cut. When you get and, and Stormy to remember too, there's only 88 there's only 88 players in this field, and it's top 50 in ties mm -hmm. that make the cut. And on top of that, like there's a whole, there's a handful of guys that are like dead on arrival as well. So, I mean, even though it's technically 88 players, it's really only like 75 players. And so that's another thing to keep in mind. Here with VSIN's Matt Brown, host of The Handle on Saturdays and Sundays, as well as Long Shots, the premier golf betting podcast. And Matt, when it comes to Augusta, can you talk us through some of the things that really are priorities for you as you're making these head-to-head -head bets, as you're looking for outrights, and maybe who some of your favorite golfers are this weekend? Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it, driving distance was already going to be super important to me, but with these weather conditions, it became even more important to me. I really want guys that are going to be able to kind of get it down there and really be, be able to get after these par fives. Par fives are where the scoring is made here at Augusta. The, all four of the par fives have a 33% birdie or better rate, so you need to be able to score on these par fives, which means – more times than not, it's just going to be so incredibly beneficial to get there in two. And so to get there in two with these weather conditions, you're going to need to be long because you're just not going to get any run out. And so I really emphasized longer hitters this week and guys that can get it down there. And, and the other thing that I really did was go after guys that aren't, that are really good around the green. It's very hard to hold these greens at Augusta and you're going to get these runoffs and you have to play from these horrible tight lies. If you've ever played golf before, 
you definitely know how horrible it is to try to chip from the really, really, really short, tight grass. It's just, it's almost impossible. It's very hard for even the professionals to do it as well. And the guys that aren't good around the green, those guys got eliminated from the list for, for me as well. And so, you know, short guys that, you know, Colin Morikawa is a big name that is just not very long off the tee. Billy Horschel, Chris Kirk, Justin Rose, Siwoo Kim. These are all guys that are big name dudes that are just short off the tee. So they kind of got eliminated for me and guys that aren't good around the green, your, your Bryson DeChambeau's, your Victor Hovland's, Gary Woodland's. Um, even if you shorten it up to like the last 36 rounds, that puts Dustin Johnson in the mix, Keegan Bradley, all these guys, Tyrrell Hatton, that have not been very good around the green. So none of those guys made my card either. So I'm curious, Matt. I want to ask this. I'm sure you've been asked, but I want to selfishly get your answer because I haven't heard it from you. What do you make of the live guys this weekend? Yeah, I look, I had some interesting Cam Smith heading into the tournament, and then he gets on the podium on Monday and tells everyone that he he, he doesn't feel very good about his game. Right. <laughs> like, he doesn't feel very confident. They've been drinking game. and wearing shorts. They haven't been doing anything. Yeah, and so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, hey, if the golfer is going to get on the microphone and tell me that he doesn't feel great about his game, I'm inclined to believe him. So I'm just going to believe him. And so I, I don't have any live guys on my card. If, if, you know, I think the only guy that I would really be worried about winning it would be Dustin Johnson, just because his attitude is kind of like, you know, I don't really care. And I'll just go out there and just kind of do what I do. But all the, the majority of the guys were on the downside of their careers. It is anyway, you know, I mean, like they're really the only up and comers were kind of like Mito Pereira and Joaquin Neiman. And, and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, if they contended, but Joaquin Neiman hasn't been very good over on the live tour. So I don't know how he's going to just walk out to Augusta and be really good either. So none of those guys made my card. And, you know, if one of them wins, actually the only one I'll be disappointed. If Patrick Reed wins, I'm going to hate life like that. That I will hate. I'll hate life. If Patrick, I don't like his face. So, so I, Matt, I you yeah. 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 <laughs> Matt, appreciate you doing this, buddy. Enjoy your haircut. Yes, I will. It's going to be looking <laughs> great come the weekend. Um, in terms of Matt Brown's outrights, he has Max Homa, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Sam Burns, and Shane Lowry. Also a few top 20s, top 30s, but um, make sure you get the VEASAN betting guide for the Masters and listen to long shots because they give out all of those there as well. We're going to take a quick break, but back here shortly on the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 